Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome to Futures Focus. This is a podcast brought to you by Prospects 1500. I am your host, Alex Sanchez. Glad to have you listening along towards the end of our minor league season. Really appreciate all the support. We'll have a couple more episodes here. And today we have a special guest. And that means no David Gasper. So uh, no David Gasper. But in his place, we have a new correspondent to the staff here at Prospects 1500. He's taking over for the Mets as much as that pains me to say um his name is rick mayhew and uh welcome aboard rick how's it going over there it's going pretty good man thanks for having me i appreciate you coming on and uh we're we're not going to talk too much about the mets per se as uh one might think we are actually going to talk about a special list that you have developed and contrived and built up um and we're going to get into all of that but um I'm really excited about this list. It's it's fascinating. You're going to see a mixture of guys you expect to see on top prospect lists, and you're going to see guys you've never heard of on prospect lists. It's fun to scroll through, especially in Dynasty Leagues. You're like, oh, crap, I just picked up that guy on a whim two months ago, and he's like number 45 on your list. So I'm really excited to get into that. Um, that's going to be the majority of the episode. But of course, per usual, we'll start here with uh, the news and notes to get started. And uh, again, at the end of the season here, there's just promotion news. I mean, that's kind of where we're at right now. And a lot of these, as we've experienced the last couple of weeks, are just like courtesy promotions, almost like, hey, you kind of sucked here at the end of the season at AA. Why don't you move up to AAA and uh, end, the note, end the season on a good note? But that's not the case for all of these guys. Um, the first one I want to bring up is... Uh, pretty pretty much a big riser for this season. Oswald Peraza, guy we've talked about a few times on this show, got uh, the promotion to Triple A, and uh, he's gonna, you know, coming up from where he started to where he is at right now, it's, it's quite the rise. And as a shortstop, a guy that the Yankees clearly didn't want to get rid of, started out in High A this year. Uh, quite a successful season for the shortstop. Uh, Rick, what do you think about Oswald Peraza moving forward? I know you're over there in New York, so uh, you probably have some good inside information on this guy. Yeah, he's a pretty exciting prospect, like you say, uh, going all the way from A-ball up to AAA. Um, maybe it didn't happen without the um, pandemic and the the uh, misaligning of the seasons and their end dates. But um, yeah, he's in AAA regardless. Uh, he's had a pretty nice uh, season. On my list, he's ranked uh, 53rd among uh, hitters, so that's you know pretty good. Um, yeah, it's a pretty exciting profile. Uh, walks are uh, decent. Uh, in A ball, they were a little bit better. Uh, K rate climbed a little bit in Double A, but uh, overall, for his age, I mean, he's doing great. Yeah, to me, he is just that that high floor type of prospect where playing a premium position. He's not going to do anything terribly elite or terribly awful at the same time. He's going to be that that shortstop that's, you know, 15-15 perhaps, hitting 280, 290, maybe has a breakout season here or there. But just a really good, solid prospect. Um, and, you know, and you, you need those guys. You can't have just the guys that have ceiling, 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 and then just bust out and do nothing ever. So these are the types of guys that are valuable, and, you know, glue guys to keep your roster together in Dynasty Leagues. So keep an eye on him again, quite a rise for him, definitely outside of the top 150, 200, perhaps even going into the season. Now he's, he's clearly a top 50 prospects, uh, top 50 prospect going on most websites and maybe even higher on, depending on who you're looking at. Um, one guy I wanted to bring up is uh, a favorite of mine. I think I was even tempted to put him up as high as two at certain points at the beginning of the season. He struggled here at the end of the season after a promotion to high A. That's Marco Luciano shortstop for the San Francisco Giants. And I wanted to get your thoughts on him. I know you don't have him ranked nearly as high as I was ready to go there for a second. And now, to be fair, I'm not quite at number two for him now, but he's still probably my top five. I just love the power profile at a shortstop position. And uh, you just watch him hit no doubt home runs and it's it's very, very fun. So um, what can you tell me, again, going with your list, and then also sort of your gut, too. I want to hear both of those thoughts with Marco Luciano. 
Yeah, well, I mean, he's going to have to fail because I traded him in my dynasty league. So, um, I mean, we're going to have to see uh, that trade work out for me. So, no, um, I, mean, I, I got Brandon Woodruff back for him, so I can't be, you know, uh, yeah. too upset if he pans out. But, you know, he's, like you say, it's about the video. Uh, I think this is more of a um, scouting and, and, and uh, video guy than just reading a stat line. You just watch him and he, he looks electric. Um, he hits bombs and he's just got like a really, really nice follow through. Um, you know, the scouting grades on him, they're all, you know, at their lower end and, you know, completely not uh, at his, you know, final stage. You know, I think his power is at like 25 out of 70 right now for his game power. That's like a really, really big uh, difference. Um, you know, when you're going through these grades, it's uh, clearly he's not anywhere near where he's going to be at. Um, you know, still had a nice season in um, low A. Um, struggled a lot coming up to high A, but I mean, we see that all the time. Uh, he'll probably repeat uh, high A to start next year, and um, expecting big things from him. Uh, hopefully, not too big though, because I really want to win that trade. So. <laughs> yeah, I actually traded for him in a dynasty league. I I gave up my Freddie Freeman in a, a bigger deal, but that was the main piece. But I want to go back to what you were saying. Did you say 25 out of 70 for game power right now? Yeah, right now he's uh, 25 out of 70, which is just absurd. You don't usually see that much of a of a gap to fill. Um, I'm just wondering because he, I mean, he hit 18 home runs. That that uh, that's pretty good, right? I mean, so yeah, where's where's that 25 like coming from? Um, I guess you know he's he's not getting to the you know the massive power that. Um, is projected for him. Uh, okay, the hit tool yeah. is also, the hit tool is also projected to be uh, plus, um, you know, 30, 60 is projected. He's only at 35 right now, which is wow. subpar. So, so if so, he's doing this, <laughs> this type of stat line that I'm looking at in, in low A now, granted is low A and with those types of growth to be expected going forward, that's, uh, if anything, I'm now even more excited than I was before. <laughs> I don't know if that's right or not, but that's no, very interesting. I think you're on the right path there. I mean, he's, he's 19 and he's just just murdering it um, in in low A. You look at another guy, you know, similar age who was also highly touted, uh, Robert Poisson, and he's just he's just looking embarrassing out there. I know he's got a year on him, but I mean, you'd rather obviously you'd rather see a guy you know do average or or excellent at that at that level than see what Poisson's doing. You you really can't. Always go back to the pedigree and the ranks, and always oh, young for the level and all that. He's, he's, I mean, Poisson is just getting embarrassed out there, and there's still time. But you'd really, you'd, you love to see the line that Luciano's put up in low A. Yeah, and you can, you know, you can forgive the 37% K rate in high A. Uh, you know, there's plenty of guys out there who have gotten, you know, pushed to the next level. They struggle for a month or two months, and then they just get back to that ridiculous video game line that you saw from the previous level and you know these are the guys yeah. you really want to that's, know, the, that's the elite prospect coming out in luciano that i see and then poisson like you said you just i mean he of course there's plenty of time and there's no doubt that he can go in all sorts of different directions but in terms of being like truly elite like you just you wonder um after seeing that those struggles like the the harpers and the trouts they just they just go right away and so like you want you'd much rather have your 19 year old looking like Luciano right now but of course you know there's there's plenty of time but let's move on to a couple of other promotions I'll uh, I'll just mention a few off the top of my head and then you could take the the guy that you think you want to maybe expand on a little bit uh, Max Meyer for the Miami Marlins is getting the promotion to triple a he has a 2.41 ERA on the year very very impressive stuff um he is he's definitely on his way to somehow getting into that rotation. I don't know how they're going to fit all of these arms in that rotation when it's all said and done, but I guess that's a good problem to have. Tristan Cassis also moves up to AAA. Um, he's, he, you know, after a little bit of a struggle at the beginning of the year where uh, I think some people were really touting him almost too highly, um, kind of had that struggle, but now he's definitely turned things around, went on a huge run um, the last couple of weeks here and, he is definitely knocking on the doorstep as well. And O'Neill Cruz as well for the, uh, I don't think we talk about him too much, but the, you know, the gigantic man that is O'Neill Cruz shortstop. He is six foot six switch. Uh, no, he's a, a lefty, not a switch hitter. I'm sorry. Left-handed hitter. Um, he also gets promoted to triple A. 
he's so polarizing to me. You know, half of me just writes him off as there's no chance. And then the other half is like, this is going to be the next A-Rod. So I'm so confused with him. But um, so those are the three names I want. Pick one for me to talk about a little bit more, Rick. It's uh, Max Meyer. It's O'Neill Cruz and Tristan Cassis. Um, we'll go with Meyer. Uh, we touched on a couple of bats so far. So let's, um, you know, flip it over to the pitching side for this one. Yeah, Meyer is really good. Um, it's, I don't know, I, I have a I have a few doubts with him. Um, I feel like he's he's a reliant on on that slider. Um, but he, you know, he has great stuff. There's no, there's no doubt about it. Um, I'm just wondering, uh, how good that slider is. I mean, I haven't seen him per se, um, as much as I probably should at this point, um, checking him out, but, um, any concerns over that? I mean, it's such a good pitch, but like, could that be his downfall in a sense as well? Yeah, I mean, he's he's a three-pitch pitcher. Uh, someone with his pedigree, I don't know, I kind of want to see a fourth pitch. But the slider is so good that he should be able to get by with that and is also above uh, above average fastball. Uh, the change is a work in progress. But, I mean, he had such high expectations throwing, you know, upper 90s. And he came out and he's just been okay. Um, you know, he's just kind of been boring. And these boring guys, sometimes they do, they do win you your leagues. They're not, you know, flashy and, you know, just grabbing your attention like, like a Jose Fernandez, you know, uh, Marlins guy back in the day. Um, but he's just been kind of, you know, like a okay um, profile. I'm com- right, at, right now comping him to like a Kyle Hendricks, like type of um, he's, he's, he's really important to your team, but he's not, I don't think he's going to be this just uh, enormous superstar that everybody is uh, banking on. Um, I think he's going to be very, very good, but I don't, I don't think he's that, um, that flashy kind of profile. Yeah. And I I don't know what it was just kind of watching him and and following him this season, but I mean, even the stat line is, I mean, there's really nothing to complain about when you're, you're averaging over a strikeout per inning, 113 over 101. The walks aren't egregious at 40, um, 2.41 ERA, giving up, you know, a little bit too many hits, I would say probably over the, you know, the season. But um, the other part, I guess, uh, uh, is the six foot 180 about him. And it's just, you know, that, that isn't always a hundred percent true you know, where you have to have that big bodied frontline pitcher, but man, is it true a lot of the time? And it's almost not worth trying to guess when it's going to be wrong with pitchers and just, you know, so it's, it's almost safer to just downgrade those six foot and under pitchers. But, um, you know, of course he can break the mold, but do you want to bet on him, you know, per se? Um, and I, and I don't know. And I feel like we're, we both sound really negative on him. Um, <laughs> but, I, and I'm not like, he's definitely going to be in my top 40, 50 list when I when I create mine where is he on your list I didn't even have a chance to look him up yeah I mean you would think he's back end of the hundred the way I talked about him but he's number 11 <laughs> yeah 11 so <laughs> for pitchers though right we have to uh, also we have to but make, I mean think yeah. about a guy like Yuri Perez who's just taken the prospect world by storm or he's so exciting and he's gigantic and you know I, that's a high ceiling um you know maybe the floor is lower with with Perez than it is with Meyer yeah, and those high those high floor, um, you know, average ceiling or high ceiling guys, um, if they don't hit that high ceiling, but they hit the high floor and then go above a little bit, that's very valuable. But I, I think it lets down our expectations because we put you know so much on these guys that we yeah. just want them to be the next you know the next uh, you know Nolan Ryan or Tom Seaver or Pedro Martinez or Greg Maddox, and when they turn out to be a Kyle Hendricks, you, you know, we get disappointed yeah. even though he's a very very valuable fantasy player and real life pitcher. So. I love Kyle Hendricks. <laughs> I love him. I always try to trade for Me him. Me too. I always try to, always so, try to get <laughs> underappreciated. Um, this brings me to a couple more questions I have that I want to ask you, but I feel like it's a little bit more suited for when we actually introduce your list and what it is, because I yeah, want to sure. discuss the differences in hitters and pitchers and, and what that all means. So why don't we take a break and we'll come back and uh, we'll do a deep, deep dive into this PARS list and uh, you can let the people know what it is, where they can find it how often you update all that good stuff. So stay tuned. We'll be uh, right back after this break. Again, this is Futures Focus. We're we're broadcast brought to you by Prospects 1500. We'll be right back.
Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. And we're back. Futures Focus here. I'm Alex Sanchez. Rick Mayhew joining me. David Gasper selfishly going to those Brewers games to try to catch that clinching win. Uh, must be nice to be worried about clinching playoff spots. At this point, seems like every team in the major leagues is fighting for a spot some way or the other besides the stupid Brewers who uh, picked to go to the <laughs> World Series. And it, you might be right. And that makes me angry. But anyway, Rick is, <laughs> Rick is with us here. So, this is where you can tell the people exactly what we're going to be going over here. You have a list. Um, I'll just let you introduce it and tell the people what it is, because I, I, I'm not even sure I quite fully understand it yet. Yeah, neither do I. Uh, <laughs> I just kind of put some names together on a chart, and here we are. Um, but uh, yeah, no, the PARS list is... Um, it's, uh, it was kind of born out of um, my need to organize prospects better. Uh, I was trying to find guys in my dynasty league to, to pick up and I would box score hunt and I'd be like, Oh, okay. You know, this guy did really good today. Um, a few days later I'd be looking again and hey, was, was he good or was he bad? And I just, you know, couldn't keep track of it all. So I just started doing a spreadsheet and I would keep track of some stats and, um, that just was how it was born. Just a better way to keep track of who was doing what. And, um, you know, I had it for a few months before I made it public. Um, it, it changed so many times. You know, I had so many different categories uh, until I kind of found the, the uh, sweet spot. And uh, when I released it on Twitter, um, you know, it's changed a few times since then. But that's when it really took shape. Um, I had some really good insight from uh, some other sites pointed out a couple of flaws, um, you know, went back to the drawing board and fixed a couple of things. So now the, uh, you know, the formula, I'm really happy with it right now. Um, I basically, you know, PAR stands for Prospect Aggregate Ranking System. Um, so that name is actually not totally valid anymore because one of the categories I used to use was, you know, the aggregate part was I took all the different prospect rankings from different, um, you know, analysts and I would average them out to get a number. And, um, our own, you know, Scott, Scotty green, um, Scotty ball game told me, um, you know, that's not a good idea. You know, you have to make it your own. So he's been, you know, one of my biggest supporters from the beginning and it's totally right. Like I shouldn't be using other people's rankings to make my rankings. Um, that was, you know, a really good idea. So I took that out, replaced it with an actual stat that is, <laughs> you know, attributed to a player. So I think that really progressed my list to uh, where it is now. Um, not relying on, you know, other people's advice, uh, just kind of standing on my own two feet and putting my own, uh, you know, thought process into it. So, you know, we added, um, at that point, I believe I added, um, WOBA as a category. Um, so that was, you know, pretty important to add in there. Let me stop you right there. And this is great stuff. I want you to keep going in a second, but I just want you to let the people know your Twitter handle and where they can find a link to this List sure. in case they wanted to follow along with us as in the podcast. Yeah, um, you could find it um, uh, on Twitter. I'm at ParsList. That's uh, P-A-R-S List. Um, you can go to any uh, browser, phone, inter uh, computer, and just type in um, the, the little uh, link I have there. It's uh, bit.ly. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash ParsList. And Pars is capitalized and List is not. You won't find it if you have the capitalization wrong. Um, but there's links all over my uh, Twitter uh, page. Um, you know, just the link is there uh, under at uh, ParsList. So you can find me there. And uh, yeah, that's that's it. You can check it out uh, without going through Twitter. Or you can, you know, just go to my profile at ParsList, click the link, and it'll bring you right there. Right. Okay. So, um, you know, people... At this point, I hope, has paused, downloaded, and are following along if they so choose to at this point. But uh, basically what 
what I'm looking at here is a score, right? So they get a, a pars score, and that's what you're organizing the list by. And I have two questions, and I'll ask the first one here. Um, what is that score coming from? Is it in an equation, and you're just plugging in stats, or exactly what does that number mean? Yeah, um, <clears throat> the number is a uh, total score um, from seven categories that the players are ranked in. Uh, each category has its own weight. Uh, so I will, for each player, right now it's it's a manual process, but for each player I'm going through and I am taking their current year statistics and I'm looking at seven different um, uh, stats for each player and giving them a score based on that stat. Uh, you know, we have K rate, walk rate, WOBA, WRC plus, uh, some others. But um, so however they're doing in the current season, they, uh, that, statistic gets a uh, a score you know um out of uh, 1 to 100 or 1 to 50 or 1 to 200 if depending on how the rating is i'm um, sorry the, the weighting uh, how important that category is um so taking their stats plugging them into that and then getting a, a total number adding it up and that number comes out to uh, anywhere between negative 220 to 700 which i then convert to the much easier 0 to 100 scale uh and get <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wasn't really a huge fan of that negative 220 to 700. It's just kind of bonkers, but uh, converted it over and it's much easier. To, you know, I would say at this point, the one thing I do need is to break down what, you know, that number is. Is 50 average or is 60 above average? You know, something like that. So a key is coming. I'm working on it. But, you know, that's basically uh, what that is. And then. Uh, without giving out, I know it's like a secret recipe type of thing, but uh, do does it look at prior years at all? Yeah, the um, it's prior years will come in uh, to an extent. Uh, I know there's some formulas out there that'll do last year times, um, I think, 50 percent and then 30 year but times 25 percent. It's it's similar to that. Um, I don't put too much weight on it now because the last year was 2019. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's kind of difficult to to put too much weight on it. But I do keep in um, the uh, in the formula the prior history there. You know, if a guy right now is striking out 20 percent of the time, but uh, every other year he's 35, 35, 35, he's not getting a score based off of that 20 percent strikeout rate. Um, it's not getting dinged too bad, but um, it's not going to be just that number. Um, so a track record of success or failure will affect your uh, ranking one way or the other. Um, after those seven categories are tabulated, there's also factors that are added in. Um, certain things like if you have a plus hit tool, but it's not uh, manifesting yet, you'll get um, a few points for you know, the plus hit tool. Um, if you have more walks than Ks, uh, you get a little bit of a bonus there. If you're young for the level by three years or more, you get a bonus there. Uh, I have all these little um, pieces that uh, will affect the final score one way or the other. And um, I found that to be pretty helpful to try to uh, reward good behavior and punish bad behavior. Uh, that's uh, pretty, pretty important. Yeah. So my next question, if you can answer this one uh, just briefly, uh, because I want to continue on. <laughs> I have so many questions. But um, it, it, you have a hitters and a pitchers tab. Can I take that number and combine it so that, like, I know that, let's say, Grayson Rodriguez is a 95. Then uh, if I was trading for him in a dynasty league, like Spencer Torkelson, you would rather have Grayson Rodriguez, according to this list, or is it completely separate? Yeah, I keep them separated. I don't, I don't, I don't want to correlate those two because they're. Um, I would just say, um, if he's in the top ten for pitching, that's good enough to compare to the top ten for hitting. But the numbers, um, since they're completely different uh, scores and weights and ranks, I, I would, I would not compare that. Okay, great. And okay, let's get into the list because, and I know you have a couple of guys that you wanted to talk about, but I just wanted to let the people know that haven't actually seen the list yet. Maybe we'll check it out after the pod. But like you look at this list and it starts out just like every other prospect list on the internet with some sort of combination of Julio Rodriguez, Bobby Wood Jr., Spencer Torkelson. And you're like, okay, well, what's so special about this list? And you know, even Riley Green, Adley Rutschman, Anthony Volpe, okay. But then we start seeing some names that just get 
very interesting, <laughs> like Jose Miranda as uh, number nine, um, who's had obviously a breakout season. Uh, another guy that might be low, C.J. Abrams, who we've talked about putting at number two or three on our lists, you know, down at 16. And so then the list starts to just get crazy at certain times. And then there are legit players inside of your top 35 that I've never heard of in my life until <laughs> looking at your list. And so that's what that's why you're here. Right. I mean, that's why you're doing this is to find these hidden gems, because, sure, uh, you know, we can sit on here and say, hey, go, 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 Bobby Witt Jr. He's pretty good at shortstop. Um, thanks, Captain Obvious. But we exactly. need to find those guys that you can pick up for free that you can have as throw ins in trades and just completely dominate through that way. So um, I'll let you take it from here in terms of some of the, those players you wanted to highlight that kind of fit that mold. And um, let's see if I've heard of them or not. That's what I'm nervous about, but let's see what you got. I mean, honestly, I, I, there's a few I never heard of. Um, I'm just going through some names and uh, discovering uh, some guys. And that's the whole point of, you know, why this was created. But the first one I want to go to is Juan Yepes. Um, I posted about him just today um, on Twitter. Um, actually, quote tweeted something I posted end of August. Uh, I'm just basically declaring a breakout for him. Uh, he's number 26 on pars. He's just got um, a really long track record of success in the minors, but he's been blocked, um, uh, you know, from first base. He's got um, 26 home runs this year. His previous career high was 10. Yeah. Um, it's just, you know, you can see the power coming through. He's now, um, you know, just about ready to, to get a shot. His K rate is, you know, 19%. It's just great. His Woba is 411, WRC plus 153. He's just, he's just, uh, he, every, everything to me just screams breakout. Um, you know, he's not on anyone's list, but uh, this guy, he just seems like such a safe play. If he just gets a shot, he's just going to be one of these glue guys that just produces and not super flashy. He, um, you know, I don't think he's going to be a, a masher, you know, 40 home run guy. But, I mean, he makes solid contact, and I just love the profile. Yeah, he's so interesting because you look at he's been around since 2015. And the power, like you said, just never was there. But then you take a look at the age. And I know we go in all sorts of different directions on this show with age, but like he was always so young and he's just kind of finally now caught up to his age appropriate level um, right. as a 23 year old. And if he was being successful with everything except the power, right? This is, this is how a lot of these young international guys are going to go. Um, you know, if you're just now getting into dynasty and you're excited about Victor Acosta or even Hedbert Perez or somebody like that, where you're just super excited about, and then they don't just, blow up right away it takes a lot of time plus we add to the fact that we have cardinals magic and this seems like the exact type of player that's just going to come up and hit like 35 home runs for two years and then just disappear um that sounds exactly what's about to happen here <laughs> the cardinals seem to be experts at doing that um yeah, so do it for a team not the cardinals right <laughs> yeah. yeah one year with the cardinals and then then that'll be it um yeah. awesome so you said you had him at number 26? Yep. 26, yep. yeah. Quite yeah, amazing. He, was blocked by, he was blocked by Freddie Freeman and then Paul Goldschmidt. So there's a reason why he hasn't come up. Yeah, um, yeah. And just always, you know, we were always waiting for the power. And it then finally showed up, but everybody had moved on from him. Um, <laughs> so quite interesting. Um, awesome. Who else you got? Uh, yeah, next one, um, just kind of going number order here. Uh, 47th on my list is uh, Drew Ellis. Uh, kind of caught some uh, flack on that one uh, from our own uh, our own uh, Scotty over there. Uh, he's like, I don't think I'm running to the waiver wire to pick him up. But I, I, I think he's going to be one of these um, just late breakouts, like a Max Muncy kind of kind of deal, the kind of career arc. Um, there's really nothing in his profile that worries me. Uh, he's hitting the ball at 40% hard hit rate. Um, he's got 18 home runs this year, although it is in the old Pacific Coast League. So we have to take that with a grain of salt. Um, he's got a 13% walk rate, which is just, you know, very, uh, very good. Um, really, really intrigued by this guy. Uh, he had a shot and he's been not, not good. Um, what is he not like not nine for 69? Nice. Uh, just not good. But I think that's going to even lower his price if there was a price. Um, people are going to be turned off because they look at that number. I mean, uh, last year I was trying to work out a trade um, with someone with Jazz Chisholm and they, they were 
I just hung up on how um, terrible he was in that uh, in that short stint in the majors. And I'm like, you, you can't look at those 30 at bats in the majors. Look at the track record in the minors. And, um, you know, he's, he's, he's definitely on the come up for me. Um, walks are up, his strikeouts are down. Uh, he's OPSing over a thousand. Uh, he just hit a, after I posted about him, he hit a home run, I think in two of the next three games, he's got massive power. I just, I just love the profile. Uh, he just needs a shot. Yeah. I was very interested to see just how well the diamondbacks did on your list. I saw Jake McCarthy as well on there, who I've liked for a long time when we kind of a couple of us had to take over for the Diamondbacks and do a top 50 list one year. And and I got him and I was like, man, this guy's really good. And then like nobody ever believed me or talked about him ever. And then he shows up on your list at 27. So Diamondbacks are doing something right in those minor leagues if they're not doing anything right in the major leagues. But still um, interesting, very interesting name. And again, uh, you know, this isn't a list where it's like, OK, you should go trade Tyler Soderstrom for, you know, <laughs> Drew Ellis or something right now. Um, but it's just, you know, you got to use this list to a way to identify guys that you know, nobody even owns Drew Ellis. Let's just be honest. Like people are exactly. picking him up. You can pick him up. I'm, I'm looking at my leagues right now. Free agent, free agent in a league that has like 60 minor leaguers on each team and then free agent. So it's like, OK, he's uh, you can get him anywhere and uh, worth a shot if you have, you know, some some of those free spots. So um, and I like power and he has that. I know that <laughs> that's about all I knew about Drew Ellis is that he had power. <laughs> But yeah, I don't I don't even think I knew he existed until uh, he got called up. So he's pretty interesting. Uh, just Diamondbacks are doing all this without Christian Robinson in their minors. Uh, I never thought I'd say the Diamondbacks minors are, are as exciting as they are without Christian Robinson. Yeah. even making Or, or Carroll, too. I mean, you, you yeah, count Carroll, who I love, I think is, you know, yeah, I don't know if you can buy low anywhere on him, but uh, he's amazing. Oh, yeah, that was such a bummer. Such a bummer. He was off to a nice start too. Such a bummer. Alec Thomas has been, uh, you know, really crushing it. So I think he's going to get a call pretty early next year. But well, I guess uh, that, that, that's a good question then. In that, you know, um, how how does how do you factor injuries into this list? Because obviously, I don't, you know, Carroll's not on here. C.J. Abrams gets, you know, played a little bit, but then has been out for a while. So how do you incorporate injuries when it comes to this? Yeah, that's a good question and something I've addressed just in the last week or so. Um, I added a tab uh, on the bottom called SSS, small sample size. Um, and I'm removing players who didn't reach their uh, a minimum at-bat threshold. I'm, I'm using 80 at-bats as a minimum. So I'm actually going to have to move out some players uh, since I first created this list and put them onto that tab until they reach a threshold. I don't think it's really fair to you know, um, put someone on the main list that hasn't appeared and, or, you know, only has 20 at bats so far. So they're going to stay there and kind of linger and, and the small sample size tab until they hit that threshold. And then I'll move them on over to the main list. So over there, I've got, you know, Royce Lewis, Corbin right. Carroll, um, unfortunately Heston could just I don't know how to say that, but, yeah, um, you know, these are definite prospects that would be ranked, but I can't part, I can't parse them. So they're just kind of hanging out now. Yeah. Good to know. Good to know. And then, so with somebody like, just to clarify, uh, CJ Abrams, you're only looking at his actual at bats, right? Nothing else is punished for the injury or, you know, in the score. Well, it, it depends on the injury. Um, like for a pitcher, if it's a shoulder injury, um, one of the things I do factor in is injury risk. Um, so if it's, you know, if, if it's a freak accident and it has nothing to do with mechanics or anything like that, then I don't, um, ding him for injury. Um, injury risk. Um, you know, hitters, if they have, you know, uh, something they can get over pretty quickly, I'll, I'll move on. But if it's an oblique or, you know, something pretty terrible, Tommy John, um, for a hitter has a way different effect than it does okay. for a pitcher. But, um, you know, there, there is a ding for injury. Um, it's not a terrible, a, a massive hit, but it's definitely a little bit to knock them down. Um, keep that into, keep that in mind. Yeah. So, and so again, I'm going to, harp on CJ Abrams because I, I am the Padres guy and I think he's fantastic. And it says in your comments here that you updated the formula to see him jump up a little bit and that you worked out a kink. And I'm just like super curious what that is because <laughs> I want uh, him to even higher, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, trying to think back. That was a little bit ago. I'm trying to think okay. what I did with that one. Um, and 
I believe I, it was something with the previous years that I weighted a little bit differently um, to factor that in. Um, mm-hmm. I did change well, a little bit of weighting. I, I apologize. I don't remember exactly. No, what no, no. I, I mean, sorry. I thought, you know, that that might have been something you did like this week or something, but it, it obviously was earlier. Uh, and, and so, no, uh, I mean, spring training stats would bump them up, but I'm assuming you're not using any of that. No, no spring training. That's a good idea. Um, if there's any um, any like actual data on that, sometimes I don't trust spring training because right. you know, you're facing pretty pretty random pitching. There's, I know. I think does it MLB do, do it where they give you the pitcher rank? You know, on on how they're doing, where they rank. You know, is this a major league arm? Is it a triple A arm? And so, like, I wonder. It seems like complicated, but this is all very complicated. So I feel like you could figure that one out, but like. If a prospect, you know, like Abrams goes three for four against three major leaguers in spring training. But again, it's so small, the sample size. So it really only would matter for somebody like Abrams who has been injured and you need more data on. But you have plenty of data for essentially everybody else that's not injured. So it's very confusing. <laughs> yeah. Let's just move on. Who do you got next? Uh, yeah. So let's stick with the uh, Diamondbacks. Uh, we've got Cooper Hummel. Um, this is a 26 year old who's just been, uh, on a tear and he's a really unique profile. He's a, a catcher, or I should say an outfielder who can catch and also play a little bit of first. Um, his numbers are just kind of like eye popping. Um, he's with, he was traded from uh, Milwaukee in the Escobar deal. He had a 24% walk rate against a 15% K rate, which, uh, I, I, if you're going to walk that much more than you're striking out. Uh, Pars is going to love you and I'm going to love you. I mean, these are the guys I really, really look at, um, walks over K's is I'll just, you know, put this out there for, uh, you know, not releasing the formula, but walks over K's gets you a huge bump. And that's weighted very, very highly in Pars. Uh, I, I think that this is indicative of future success. Uh, if you can have that kind of approach at that kind of age, um, you know, like Juan DeFranco is the perfect example of this. You know, I grew up in the age of, you know, Tony Gwynn, where I just saw today he had more three hit games than he had two strikeout games. And that's just absurd. Um, so I, I really look for that. Um, I know it's the age of launch angles and, you know, guys are, you know, the three true outcomes. But when you find someone who can do these things and still tap into a little bit of power and catch, um, I'm, I'm definitely in on Cooper Hummel, especially if the cost is free. Um, you know, maybe not in a league where you're only having 20 prospects per team, but if you get deeper than that, 30, 40, he's, he's not a bad stash, especially if you're competing. Uh, he might be a guy who comes up and gets catcher eligibility and, you know, ends up playing outfield a few days a week. Um, that's, you know, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. And I, I tend to agree with what you're saying about those, that approach over like the launch angle, because we've seen it, like just do a little tweak. And then all of a sudden, you know, Max Muncie is this. 40 home run guy that was a nobody. But how often do we see the guy that strikes out 150 times suddenly walk 150 times and strike out 50 times? Like that change just doesn't happen nearly as often as, you know, somebody just figuring out how to drop another 15 or 20 bombs. So, you know, if, if you're going to start somewhere, you'd, you'd much rather start with what you're talking about with the approach and not striking out. And then once you figure out how to make contact, then you can, you know, sacrifice a little bit of those strikeouts, get some launch angle. Anybody can hit home runs. I mean, just Jose Altuve hit like, what, 45 one year? I mean, anybody can do it, right? It's easy. <laughs> Maybe not that easy, but uh, I like what you're saying there. So uh, that is a name that I, I'm not going to lie to you. I've never heard of before you came on to this podcast so that's very interesting but like you said catchers that can maybe be your catcher but still play outfield are super nice to have and and a rare commodity um although the diamondbacks have one of those guys in uh varsho too right now so yeah, yeah he's kind of he's kind of blocked right now uh you know he's got carson kelly and then and varsho already uh varsho is just being groomed as well at the center fielder left fielder right fielder who catches on kelly's uh off days um which is super valuable so if yeah. Hummel somehow ends up in a different org and takes on that same type of role as, uh, adult, you know, as, as Barstow. I mean, that's in fantasy, that's going to be really, really valuable. So he'll unfortunately need to move out of the organization, uh, to be, uh, worthy of a pickup. Uh, so yeah, right. I like to yeah. amend that. Yeah. Well, you never know. And, and, you know, injuries happen and all sorts of stuff happen. Like Carson 
Kelly could get traded and all of a sudden, boom, you have an opening. So like that could happen in an instant. Diamondbacks surely are willing to trade some some guys. Although Drew Ellis, or not Drew Ellis, um, Cooper Hummel is 26. So it's not like he's this young guy either. It's just going to be there forever. But um, interesting. All right. Let's uh, do you have any pitchers? You would like to talk about let's always I always like to talk about the hitters, but we should talk about the pitchers too. I'm interested to see how the list handles pitchers. There's one last name I want to mention sure. since yeah, you mentioned go for Altuve it. before we get over there. Uh, you said Altuve, and the one I have a comp for Altuve. I don't like comping guys, but this guy just reminds me of him. It's uh, Felix Valerio. He's a uh, five seven uh, middle infielder with the uh, Brewers. He's got a 60 hit tool on fan on uh, Fangraphs. Put up 31 steals, 11 home runs. Uh, he walked 13.5% of the time, and he struck out 13.8% of the time. Uh, that's just phenomenal. Uh, kind of struggled a little bit when he stepped up to the next level, but um, I'm really on him. I picked him up in my dynasty league where I roster only 20 prospects, and I, wow. I'm, making room for, I'm making room for him. I, I smell breakout all over him. He's uh, he's pretty he's pretty far away, but uh, where did he go here? Um, he's um, he just reminds me of Altuve. I, I just love the profile. Uh, here he is. I have him ranked 37. Uh, and he's, um, I called him Altuve part two, middle infielder, elite hit tool, walks over K's, could get you 300 average, 10 homers, 20 steals. Uh, he's in high A, 20 years old. Um, yeah, I'm saying by him now. He's going to be, he's going to be a guy. Man, David is missing out from Cooper Hummel, former brewer to current brewer. He would be loving this list right now, <laughs> which is good. He's not on here because we'd have to hear about Felix Valerio for another 10 minutes, which is probably all right. But at the same time, well, again, the guy I, I never heard of until you mentioned him right now. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I should have. He's a guy I should have known. But, I, you know, I just there's, you know, very interesting how this list works. There's thousands of prospects. There's no one that you yeah. you should no. don't don't shred yourself. There's there's so many guys I'm finding every day, and I'm supposed to be a prospector now. And I'm 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 finding a guy named Cooper Hummel who's in my top hundred who I didn't know existed on uh, Sunday. So yeah, yeah I, I mean it. that's the whole point. <laughs> just just make it make a database of all these guys. I eventually want to get this list up to 1,500 players. You know to kind of correlate with the prospects 1,500. And um I, that's my that's my end goal. I'm about I'm close to 700 names right now. But that was the whole point, just just to not forget anyone and just sort them. Uh, you might not agree with my my rankings, but at least you'll have a list that you can sort yourself and just have some have some uh, numbers on the guy, so no one gets through the right through the and, cracks. And nobody's, you know, with the way that this is formulated, there's no way that like you have to follow this religiously because nobody is going to be, uh, you know, having these guys ranked where they're at. But that doesn't mean that you can't acquire them and and look out like I, I'm seeing. Just right off the, the top here, right? So you have Luis Matos at 50, Drew Ellis at 47, right? We're not going to tell you to go trade <laughs> Luis Matos for Drew Ellis. But at the same time, there is a world where, you know, Drew Ellis outperforms Luis Matos a- in the major leagues. And you would never guess that if you just looked at some of these publications that are out exactly. there. We all, we all tend to use, right? Um, exactly. And then by the time they pop up on those lists, there's a few that are better than others for sure. But without naming names on here and making people mad. Um, but like by the time they pop up, it's usually too late, you know? And so this is the only surefire way to get ahead of the, the curve and using objective data with a little sprinkle of subjective data, it sounds like, but mainly objective where we, we look past the pedigree. We look past the, what we want, right. Um, our prospects to be, and we see what they are for who they are, which is fascinating. But uh, let's go ahead and move on to the pitchers then. I, I am very interested in the pitching. Um, I've looked a lot at the hitters. I haven't looked as much at the hitting or the, the pitchers. So let's take a look. What do you got for me there? Yeah, a couple of names that uh, right off the bat that I just kind of fell in love with doing this was uh, uh, Peyton Battenfield uh, and Caleb Killian. Um, I'm kind of tabbing these two as potential uh, Bieber-like career arcs. Um, control freaks with not a ton of Ks. Um, and that's kind of like where Bieber was at, right? He was just known as a master of the zone, but he couldn't, uh, he didn't really have his K rate up too high and came up and just, you know, had a decent first season. Um, and then just, you know, became Shane Bieber. 
So I'm always looking for that next Bieber. Uh, Bieber is actually one of the guys who uh, was the impetus for me to create this. I was on Bieber ahead of everyone in my league, people I knew, and I just was, you know, how 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 did I how did I do that? Why was I on Bieber before everyone? And I wanted to try to find uh, a way to to um, put into numbers what was in my head. And that's the subjective part of it is that I'm the one who's picking the categories to use to rate these guys. So yeah, that's subjective, but then the numbers are objective. So Battenfield and Killian are the two guys I've identified as being potentials to turn into this, you know, Bieber, Zach Gallen type of pitcher who was, you know, good in the minors and then just turned it to another level in the majors. Um, they're, they're, they might be well known, um, but I, you know, in, in my list, I have Battenfield 10th, Killian 14th. Uh, Battenfield's walk rate is 1.8, Killian 1.4. Uh, Battenfield's carrying about 10 per nine, which is good. Um, but you know, you know, he's not this 12 or 13 guy that a lot of, you know, everyone wants to see like the Hunter greens and, you know, um, gray rods. Um, but Caleb Killian only carrying nine, 9.2 per nine. Uh, they both have very good X fips, uh, not allowing a lot of hits or hard contact. Um, so yeah, these are guys, if you can get them in a shallower dynasty league, I would definitely have these guys on my team out of a lot of, um, you know, bigger names that are, uh, people are, you know, all over, but, um, you know, these guys are high targets for me. So what makes me, uh, kind of terrified that this list is super accurate and that I've stumbled upon something worth, you know, it's weight in gold, um, is that these two guys that you mentioned were traded this last season in deals, you know, for, you know, so other teams are seeing this type of stuff. And to me, that's like correlating with kind of what you have right here for everybody to see. It's almost like we're taking behind the curtain look at some of the stats that teams are using because, you know, why are they acquiring these guys in deals? And it was like, you know, Killian was in the Alexander Canario deal. Um, and then, you know, Peyton, uh, Batonfield comes from the Rays and goes to the Indians. Can you name like two better organizations to be a part of if you're coming up as a minor leaguer than those two if you're a pitcher? Um, That's perfect. Yeah. So um, it's just it's interesting that the other teams are uh, getting these guys. And I've liked Battenfield for a while, especially um, once he got traded to Cleveland after already, you know, being a very good Rays prospect. It's just they're, you know, every every prospect in the Rays system is good, it seems like. And he gets lost a little bit. But excellent, excellent choices there. So with uh, the pitchers, right, I mean, you have the studs at the top and then like it's just crazy on some of the names that that fall down and um, that that rise up here. Do you think the parody in the pitchers list is more so than the hitters list? Yeah, that's the that's the reason I don't want to just say a 64 for a pitcher is a 64 for a hitter, because I do find that there's a huge chunk of guys that fall in the same range. And it's really hard to just stand out from the crowd after that elite uh, tier. Um, you know, you just get a ton of guys that I, I it's just so hard to make to make uh, to just kind of figure out who's who's different than who, you know. Uh, Xavier Curry, Ethan Small, Joey Estes, Graham Ashcraft, Tobias Myers, Logan Allen. You know, these these guys are just they just all seem like they can be have, have like the same type of career and just give you the same type of value. But of course, when it all comes down to it, they're not. But right now, they're just kind of all just coming out with the same score, the same number, but for you know a lot of them for different reasons. So I have a hard time sometimes differentiating between uh, pitchers. Um, so I, I definitely like the tier uh, way about going about rankings instead of focusing on, oh, he got a 59.9 and he got a 59.6. So how can you have him above him? No, I mean, if you're within five or seven points, I, I would consider that equal. Um, I definitely need to add some type of legend to show you, uh, you know, what this score means for your future. Are you a future big leaguer or fringe big leaguer? You know, um, and I also would like to just um, kind of put these uh, tiers out and just maybe highlight tier one, tier two, tier three, something like that. Yeah, I think that would be awesome to get as well. And then like the the parody in pitchers like. You can just look at the top, of course, like the names you you expect to be at the top are usually at the top. But then like from year to year, if you go on, you know, the, the top pitchers, it just changes so much at the major league level that to have pitchers that you rank highly in the minor leagues now be the same, you know, rankings when they get up to the majors is just not going to happen. They're just they just rotate so much. And one good year 
could lead to a pitcher getting like four or five more seasons, even though they're mediocre. And it was just that outlier. It's just so much random stuff when it comes to pitching. And I think your list does a good job of reminding us that, that when we look at a top hundred list of prospects for pitchers, right? I mean, sure. The top 10 might, might be pretty consistent, but after that, it's like number 51 is going to be great. And number 78 is going to win a Cy Young and number 899 is going to be a, closer now it's just it's just yeah, crazy. Yeah, you're, right. you're so right and i i besides battenfield and killian and you know those are the two that might be available in some leagues but besides those two i mean everyone else i i don't like stashing pitchers in dynasty leagues so i would more want everyone to look at this and say i am familiar with him before everyone else so if there's some major change in his profile or he gets the call and uh you know to the he jumps a level or, or just gets the call to the bigs then just pounce on him but um, I, I really don't like wasting uh, dynasty spots too much on pitching. I, I, I'd like to do like a 75% hitters, 25% hit, uh, pitchers. Um, it's just so volatile and there's so much that can go wrong. And besides the, you know, focusing on what the minor leaguers can do right or wrong. There's so many, so many amazing pitchers on, on the waiver wire every year. And even in dynasty this year, I picked up Logan Webb uh, pretty early in the season on the waiver wire. I picked up James Caprillion, um, Tyler McGill. I had Bailey Ober for a few good starts. Uh, Ranger Suarez, Nestor Cortez, Carlos Hernandez. Uh, earlier in the year before he went all, uh, you know, knucklehead was uh, Horasco Yanoa. Um, you know, these guys were free. And, you know, nobody was really talking about them too much, you know, here and there you'd hear them for, you know, one thing or another, but they weren't, you know, Mackenzie Gore or gray rods or Shane Boz's. They were just free. And these guys, some of these guys like Logan Webb right now, he, he's, he, he got me into the playoffs. He, he's he's He might take me to the end. You know, I, I've been in first all year in my dynasty league. I had the buy last week and, you know, a huge part of that is, 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 is massaging the waiver wire. And just picking up these guys that no one else is on because of a, you know, lack of a track record, you know, or a poor track record. You know, some other older guys, you know, Adam Wainwright, Chris Flexen, Stephen Matz, um, Eric Lauer. These guys didn't really have too much of a, maybe not Wainwright, but they didn't have too much of a track record of success. And these guys have been very solid, you know, Wade Miley. So I wouldn't invest too much of your uh, very precious minor league spots on pitching. Um, get the guys who are short, short things, the Battenfields, the Killians. And of course, if you can get any of the studs uh, and the rest, just be aware of. Yeah, I think that's a, I agree a hundred percent with that. When I'm rebuilding a roster, right, you're going to get those hitters and you can say, okay, you know what? I have uh wonder Franco and I have Bobby Witt. You know, those are my shortstops for the future. That's it. And then you can move on. Whereas if you do that as a pitcher, like, oh, here's my ace and here's my number two going forward. It's just not going to work out well for you. So what you need to do is when you're trading your vets and you're you're trying to get these deals done and rebuilding dynasty leagues, get the hitters, get the prospects, start banking on them. And then as you get close, then you, you know, okay, so this guy, he is good, but he's not going to make my top 20, you know, top 15 hitters on my team. So let's move them for a bunch of name, bunch of arms. And that's what I've tended to do is like, I'll trade, let's say, you know, I, I have a bunch of outfielders and I just happen to have Luis Matos as well. Let me go trade him for three guys, you know, four arms. And and those arms aren't going to be Grayson Rodriguez and Max Meyer. They're going to be Caleb Killian. They're going to be Battenfield. They're going to be even guys lower down on the list that you have, you know. So, uh, and then just play the lottery that way just buy a bunch of tickets and because you don't know who's going to hit they're just like the lottery and, and just hope it goes so absolutely yep yeah so i know uh pitching is but at the, at the same time as david would be here saying like pitching does win you the league so i mean you have to there is a time where you got to go for it and that's hopefully where this list can can give us is the next Kershaw that we don't have to pay Kershaw prices for, you know? Absolutely. That's, that's my goal. Get you, get you ahead of the field, get you ahead of the ready, the rest of your league and jump on a guy before anyone else is talking about them. And, you know, um, let me see a couple more names here. Um, so we can maybe find that next Kershaw. Um, uh, let's see. We have a guy in low a for the Orioles that I just, uh, was completely hypnotized by, uh, just watching the video. And if you're on the pars list, I really encourage you to watch the linked vid of, uh, uh, Pinto, uh, Gene Pinto. I call him Pinto Gene. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's just, Oh my God. I just, I, I don't think his numbers are that incredible, but he just 
dominates and he just has the look of a, of a, of a stud. Uh, my notes here, 97 mile an hour fastball with the change slider curve. Um, you know, he's in low a, I don't ever go after pitchers that low, but he's in low a, uh, but he's just, just killing it. His, his delivery looks the same. Every single pitch, uh, his presence on the mound reminds me of, um, I hate to you know, say the same name twice, but, uh, Jose Fernandez, uh, Jose Fernandez got me back into the, into baseball after a, a hiatus. I just saw a game of him pitch and it was so electric. And I just always look for that energy and uh, I see it in Gene Pinto. He's just kind of pumped up. Uh, I just love that. Um, his numbers, he's got, you know, he's walking about two guys per nine. He's caring about 11. His XFIP is 3.2. Uh, he's given up only five hits per nine. So yeah, he is putting up the numbers. His last start was kind of not so good, but you know, small sample size. So keep him in mind. I don't know if you have to roster him. I am because I just, I'm just enamored with him, but um, he could be, could keep totally flame out. He can go up to double A and just stink. Um, but I mean, no one's talking about Gene Pinto and he's ranked. Yeah. He's 32nd on my list. And I, I picked him up last week or two weeks ago. So I don't, I'm not saying to do that depending on your league, but you know, you know, you're, you're talking about him now you're thinking about him and you weren't, you know, before that. And I think that's pretty, pretty cool. All right, Rick. So we've, we've complimented you a lot. Now I want you to explain yourself with a couple yeah. of these names that I'm going to oh, yeah. throw at you randomly. Um, okay. you've, you've heard of them. I mean, they're not, these are, these are guys that are going to be top 50 guys for me in my list okay. and, uh, they are nowhere near. <laughs> so I'm going to start Sorry. out with an obvious one. And I'm sure you have a, I think I already know the explanation for this, but, uh, Jason Dominguez is ranked 178th for hitters. Yeah. I just, um, it's cause he's on the Yankees, it's the Yankees <laughs> test, <but laughs> um, he was one of the first players that I ranked um, and he was even lower. I think he was like a 30 something uh, par score, which put him like in the, at the time at the bottom uh, 10%. I uh, ran the update, the same one that I ran for, uh, um, I forget who we were talking about, but the same update that I ran um, and he jumped up a butt, uh, jumped up a big, who was it again? Abrams. That's right. Yeah. So applied the same update to him and, um, he jumped up a few spots, but, uh, one of the things that is considered is proximity. Uh, so he was at the, um, he was in low a, um, so that, you know, that, that takes, it's a little bit of it, but he was also just not performing too well. Um, he had no track record. Um, yeah. and yeah, so there was just nothing that would boost him up besides the pedigree and, um, you know, the hit tool, or the power, you know, these, these things, uh, you know, rankings and prospecting, but there was really nothing concrete that I can put on him. And he's done a yeah. lot better. I need to run an update. So I, you did ask how often I updated. And as of right now, it's going to be monthly, but I'm focused on adding names. So I'll tell you based on how I've seen Dominguez do in the last couple of weeks or three weeks since I've added him, he's probably going to jump up. He'll probably be in the, you know, uh, closer to a hundred. He'll probably jump up 50 to 75 spots, something like that. Yeah, I imagine um, the age will always be very helpful to him on a list like this. Um, that's, I mean, that's understandable. I was, I just wanted to get that wow factor. But there are some names that I'm, I'm just genuinely curious after hearing you talk about it. Um, one name that sticks out to me, and it's because he had, I mean, he hasn't had like a monster year. It's Jordan Groshans for the Blue Jays. Um, but yep. I mean, when I'm looking at his age, I'm looking at what he's done this year, the strikeout and the walks, uh, what he's done in the past, I, everything still checks out for me as a very, very exciting prospect. And he's down at 213 with Jordan Groshans. Um, also perhaps even, you know, a shortstop, maybe, maybe not, but, um, so, uh, what do you think the system's telling you there with him? Yeah, this was one of the scores where I wished I could just change the score and put him where I want him to. But if I made my own personal rankings, it would be very, it wouldn't just line up with pars. Um, but yeah, he's um, the things that dinged him on pars uh, when I, when I ran it, um, his K rate was at the time a little bit closer to 30 than it is to 20. Now I think he's actually under 20 now uh, his walk rate is 10. So that's good. Uh, his Woba was 360 uh, kind of, eh. Uh, he only has seven home runs and yeah, no steals, no steals. One, yeah. And he's hitting the ball. Not too hard. He's got a 22% hard hit rate. So there's uh, that's factored in as well. 
uh, it just didn't really scream, uh, you know, superstar in the fantasy world. And, you know, he might be super valuable in, in real life, but I'm not sure if I'm seeing the fantasy stud that everyone is pretty sure we have here. Um, I don't know. Uh, he's going to be, you know, probably on the blue Jays if he doesn't get traded and um, there should be counting stats there. Um, I don't know. I, I he just didn't have the, he didn't fit the formula. He didn't have the, yeah. one of the formulas. Um, I put, I put this one out there. It was uh BBPG it's bombs plus bags per game. So I'm adding home runs and steals and dividing it by games played, getting a number and that number correlates to a, a, a score and, you know, seven plus zero is going to be uh, divided by, I don't know how 80 games or so. It's going to be pretty, pretty bad. Very, uh, very interesting stuff. And it's like, like, I can't really disagree with any of that. It's just, I, he hasn't ever really struggled, which is like, gotta mean something. Uh, and, you know, assuming the minor leagues working on stuff, trying new stuff out, but, um, interesting. Maybe I, I'm, I'm devastated by that. If that turns out to be true, because <laughs> I, I, I do have, <laughs> I have a lot invested in that guy. I think he's going to still be, uh, I have high hopes. So again, they're not warranted in stats per se. They're more in like, the profile. Um, another guy, just to uh, make Scott a little bit upset, is Jeter Downs, who you have very, very low. And this one, I'm not trying to say that I disagree with, because I just haven't seen J uh, Jeter Downs do, you know, what we've expected him to do for so long now. So can you explain a little bit about uh, 255, though, is extraordinary. And this is just hitters, just hitters, by the way. So it's like yeah, even that's the, it's a very low number for uh, Jeter Downs, who's a 23-year-old in AAA um, for the Red Sox. Yeah, he's uh, 255 out of about 420. So he, really bad. Um, his K rate is above 30%. That's a huge ding. Um, 30% is, um, you know, kind of just like the even number that I look at. Um, but yeah, 33% K rate, uh, walking is okay. 9.5. His Woba is terrible. His WRC plus is terrible. Um, you know, he's 267 Woba, uh, 58 WRC plus. Um, last I checked his heart hit rate was below my uh, threshold for, um, good. And, uh, he's just not doing what we want. I mean, he's kind of trending down. Um, we had the, the, you know, the, he was in double a and, uh, LA and 19 and it's looking a lot better. We had a break Dodgers traded him, and all of a sudden we have like a different player here and it could just be new scenery and new team and just kind of in a funk and it could be an outlier and an anomaly, but I mean, th things aren't looking too good right now, which, you know, uh, I'm, uh, I'm concerned. Um, to say the least he's batting. Uh, I don't usually love looking at batting average, but he's, you know, about 182. Uh, just, just really awful. Um, he, he looks kind of lost out there too. You'll just watch some videos and he just looks lost. He looks dejected. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm out on the profile completely. I'm, I'm, if I had him, I would try to trade him off of the name value and just get back a little bit. Uh, some guys who are performing a little bit better. Um, you could, you know, take the L if he does great, but at least get some more concrete assets out of him. You could probably get a decent, decent return on him, even though everyone knows he's not performing, but just that name value, you know, he was a top hundred prospect not too long ago. Yeah. I think that like we, uh, we tend to hold on to some of these high name prospects that, you know, we very young and, you know, then they start to struggle and we're like, Oh, he'll figure it out. And then, but you know, there's a lot of prospects that don't. And I think that that's another great thing about this list is like, you know what? Um, the chances that just, any regular prospect's going to be a you know an above average all star is exceedingly low, um, yep. and so just because he's on your team, you know in terms of dynasty, that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> so if you have a chance to get out while still cashing some chips in, it's, sometimes that's a good time to do that. And I think your list does that really well. I mean, some other names here, Drew Waters, right? If you wanted to to get Oof. out on the Drew Waters train, this list your list would suggest that as well. Um, JJ yeah, Blade as well. I mean, again, it's, it's not rocket science. Like none of them are having good years. So like, yeah, it's, but like at the same time, there's other things that go into this formula. And if that's also bringing them way down, then, you know, cash out and move on. And like you said, if he, if he hits great, but the, the chances now, which were already low to begin with, you know, they're just going lower and lower and then you don't want to be left with nothing, right? It's better to right. get something. Um, then the alternative, which is to keep them in 
and he never makes it at all. And then you have nothing. So it's a, you can't get attached to your players as much as we love having that guy that we draft in our first year player draft. And, Oh, I, I got him. He, you know, I got him in the second round. It's my dude. And then three years later, yep. he's, you know, but you gotta, you gotta detach from some of these guys and, and just get value wherever you can. If you do that, you'll be successful. Yeah. Because that's, if you think you're better than the experts, you're not. Right. That's me with Poisson, you know, being an ace fan, I, I traded two major leaguers for him just, you know, as soon as I can get him, um, gave up actual assets and I, I bought all his rookie cards and, um, I was just, you know, as an ace homer, I'm, he was the number two prospect behind Dominguez. I'm just hoping he's going to be that guy. And he's just been awful. 41% K rate. He's got 29 errors in 90 games. Uh, you know, yeah. I saw him live. He's, he's awful <laughs> in ranchers. I, I think I cut him and I went back to him and I cut him again. But like you said, you just, you can't, you can't prospect hug. You can't, you got to take your, your feelings out of it. You have to just, you know, be subjective, um, which is not a lot less fun, but it, it's a lot more successful. I do want to win with my guys. You know, I love, I, I want, I don't want to win with Wade Miley. I'm sorry. I just don't want to win with him. <laughs> I know. I absolutely agree with you, but uh, we do have to kind of cut it short here. So Rick, thanks so much for coming on. Welcome yeah, aboard to the sure. prospects 1500 staff. Pleasure to have you. It's a pleasure to have this list, which is just so different than anything else you see. Um, because, you know, again, I'm not going to, it's not going to be my sole list I use, but it's definitely going to be part of my, my process now. And, um, and I can't wait to see it grow. And I definitely want to see like how successful it is in some of these guys, because I know it's all relatively new and we'll see how it, how it turns out. And maybe you have something that's just like going to be worth millions here. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope it wins you millions in your leagues at least. <laughs> I'm not playing in those leagues yet. I need Scotty to pay me a little bit more. But uh, <laughs> we're going to go ahead and, uh, and call it a day here. This is Futures Focus Podcast. I'm Alex Sanchez. Rick, uh, let the people know again where they can find you, what you're working on. Uh, it sounds like you're probably working on this list every day or so. But anything else you want to uh, plug for the people while we have you on? Uh, no, that's it. Um, hopefully this uh, helps you win some leagues and make a little playoff push here. Uh, it's coming down to the end. Uh, you can find me at ParsList uh, on Twitter. It's my only uh, social media. Um, I'm adding 20 names per day, looking to do uh, end of year ranks and then archive the remaining uh, names and put it in the bank and go back to it down the line to see how we did and then start fresh for 2022. I love it. All right. Well, again, thank you for listening to everybody and supporting the podcast. We've got a few more episodes, like I said, as we move forward, David's going to join me next week. We got some awards to give out for some minor league players. We'll do a wrap up. We have the top uh, 100 list of uh, the aggregate for the site. Uh, are you participating in that? Yeah, I'm working on it right now. Wait, yeah, I got to get mine going too. So I'm, I'm very interested to see where we all line up at the end of the year with finally some baseball that we got for 2021. So, uh, Rick, thanks for coming on. Futures Focus, we will talk to you next week. 